coming up on the Rip Body Podcast. You're trying and succeeding, which is good, or you're not trying, therefore you're not failing, which is also fine. But we can't have the, the burning rubber thing where you're trying and failing because you, you will lose faith in yourself and your ability to do what you say you want to do. And this is the point where you either take a break until stuff chills out or ultimately the lifestyle that you have chosen is not conducive to health. Welcome to the show. I'm Andy Morgan, and on the Rip Body Podcast, we discuss how to achieve long-term physique transformation. In this episode, I'm joined again by my co-host, Dr. Emil, and we discuss how sleep and stress affects us and a framework for adapting things when dieting. Emil, so I'm sure you've had this with clients. I know that I have. They get they go through periods of a lot of stress and very often we'll be working with them through diet phases because the majority of people are working through fat loss phases, certainly at first, and they struggle. They really struggle with fat loss or certainly scale weight, lack of loss. How do you approach this problem? What should people be doing when they're under a lot of stress? Should they stop dieting? What are your thoughts? And then I'll share mine. Yeah, so it's a great question. And I think particularly prominent in our client bases as busy professionals, business owners, things like that. Sleep, lack of sleep and stress are par for the course. Now, actually, can I jump in here? One of my best yeah. friends, Keith, he gets four hours of sleep a night. He's just got chronically, he's in bed, but he's, it's got chronically bad, what's the word? Insomnia? Is that the insomnia. word? Yeah, yeah. If you, uh, so insomnia is not zero sleep. It could be just like highly interrupted. Yeah, man. And he's, he, whenever I talk about this, he's, oh, yeah, tell me about this, buddy. He just gets angry, which I understand. But he's been like it for years. So the answer for him is clearly not, yeah, no, take time off of the gym until you fixed your sleep. It's no, I haven't slept well in years so i have so a, what's, yeah, a thought on. about that and mm. i don't know if this will trigger people but some people's lifestyles their chosen things that they do whether it's career business or whatever else might not be compatible with health like what they choose to do with their lives just might they can improve their health but to get to some sort of baseline it they need to make a choice I don't know. What do you think about that? I would agree. He's yeah. a recruiter. He's a recruiter, a, a headhunter. He does executive search. He's also a director of a, I think it's the largest independent recruiting company in Japan. He, at the same time as being a director and managing several teams, he was also the top biller last year. And which means that he made the most sales, he placed the most people, and he crushes himself at work. Now, he crushes it at work, but he's he just gets crushed. And the problem could be, unfortunately, the root cause of this could be work. But hey, we're not life coaches. We're here to, bro, what do I do? Do I carry on dieting? I'm 20 kilos overweight. I'm 50 pounds overweight. By all means. And to, let's start this off with an anecdote. So <laughs> Go on. when I was an emergency oh, doctor. No. Oh, I knew you were going to throw that in my face again. Did yeah. you we know, know I was a doctor? 
Yeah. Where's my stethoscope? Let's put it on. Yeah, go on. Put your lab coat on. I can put on. my stethoscope on. Tell us about how you were a flying doctor again. You used to go around in private jets, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't the and story, but thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So when I, was a, when I was an ER doctor, I used to work exclusively night shifts. And I was also competing as a bodybuilder. And it was really hard. But I managed it through sheer pig-headed stubbornness, whatever you want to call it. I just... I decided I wanted to get lean. Now I wasn't winning shows. Like I wasn't in in good enough shape to do anything like that, but I got to a low level of body fat. I had muscle just through sheer throwing enough shit at the wall and seeing what stuck. So with lack of sleep, with stress, it is possible to get into shape. There's no hard physiological block, which will stop you. However, it is hard as shit to do because- technical term there technical medical term it's everything physiologically is blocking you from wanting to do this i suppose the body is just hey maybe there's other things you should be figuring out first rather than trying to build muscle or get your body fat down to potentially a gone i'm gonna button you just said that there's nothing physiologically blocking you but you said everything physiologically is blocking you from doing it, it. No, so I, no i said physiologically there's nothing blocking you but everything is stopping you from wanting to do that got you okay cool now nah, so psychologically i was just being thick yeah great uh that jives with my experience with clients as well go on and what we if- can go into the science of cortisol and whatever else the hormones but ultimately what i've seen in people is to, be in, to, to lose body fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit, right? Let's yep. not even debate that. Now, there's going to be a little bit of hunger. Is a calorie, but is a calorie a calorie? <laughs> All right, I'll shut up. Don't Sorry. even start. Go. Don't even start. <laughs> it is. So you Too need much to be hunger a is little not. bit hungry, right? Mm. And say you're in a 10, 15% deficit and you're a little bit hungry, but you're enjoying life. You have good energy. The hunger isn't crazy. It's a little bit of hunger before meals. Awesome. This is perfect. Cruise for a long enough time to achieve your goal. Now, when you're stressed or lacking sleep, you might be at maintenance and disproportionately hungry. You might be in a slight surplus and disproportionately hungry. And not just hungry, you also want to eat junky, carb-heavy, sugar-filled food just to soothe your soul. So this combination, added to that, you're not motivated to exercise. And if you do manage to get your ass to the gym, it's the intensity is half of what it should be. This all puts you in a situation where, yes, you can force the numbers to work. You can force yourself to be in a deficit. You can take pre-workout until you can't even see just to get these sessions in. But everything psychologically is fighting against it. So I managed it in some degree. And I use this as a story for people, for clients when they ask me. But I just say, look, it's probably not ideal. And then we try it. And then we see for four weeks, for six weeks. And if they're plateauing or going up, they're hungry, they're grumpy, they're not losing weight despite thinking they're in a deficit or trying to be in a deficit, then all I can say is, look, we need to back off here because what's happening now is we're burning rubber. You're trying and failing and you're trying and failing and you're trying and failing and this isn't good. You're going to burn out. Either you're trying and succeeding, which is good, or you're not trying Therefore, you're not failing, which is also fine. But we can't have the, the burning rubber thing where you're trying and failing because you, you will lose faith in yourself and your ability to do what you say you want to do 
And this is the point where you might say, either take a break until stuff chills out, or ultimately the lifestyle that you have chosen is not conducive to health. And you can potentially delay this and say, oh, when things calm down, when I hit a magic number, when X, Y, Z happens, then I'll focus on my health. But let's be honest, that's never going to happen. You're bullshitting yourself. So the first priority in that case is that you need to start steering the oil tanker that is your life onto a trajectory which is slightly more conducive to health or accept that you are driving yourself into an early grave or just a one a 90 degree angle in the Suez the Suez canal could be what you're doing <laughs> those are my favorite oh brutal that poor guy at least his face wasn't known of the captain or whatever the hell happened there and so the there's another thing that happens at these times when we're really quite stressed or sleep deprived and i see this with clients super often funny shit starts happening with scale weight people start holding on to water and this can mask fat loss and so what we've got is they're already stressed they're already not sleeping very well they are hungrier than normal because of these things they're more tired than normal because of these things their brain's not working as well because of these things they're training isn't going as well because of these things they're way more irritable they're probably a lot more snap and now the one thing that, but they're still turning up to the gym they're still nailing their food intake as they should be they're still doing the prep everything so that thing when all the other things in their life are going to shit is a well yeah going to shit the thing that they can control is also not going well despite them still executing on that perfectly to plan, that pisses people off. And it puts us, it's certainly put me, in many difficult situations where I've had to heavily lean on the fact that this client trusts me and knows that I would not, knows that I know my stuff and I wouldn't bullshit them. And so when I turn around to them and I say, hey, look, probably holding on to water here i have no proof of this but i've seen it lots in the past your calorie deficit hasn't changed you've still been nailing your calorie intake right your step count hasn't changed pull up your data has that suddenly dropped recently no and yet your weight has suddenly plateaued metabolic adaptation doesn't suddenly happen it's a gradual thing over time and therefore we can be fairly confident that this is just water and you need to wait well how long should i wait andy well this is now an interesting one i've seen people plateau for four weeks man four weeks just the scales holding on and then all of a sudden boom it just comes off one day or over a series of days and bam five pounds is gone and that's the month of weight loss and it's that requires a lot a large degree of trust and often it's the straw that breaks the camel's back because they just can't stay motivated for it yeah i've seen that myself as well and that's i find where people fail a lot when they're doing it on their own because they don't have that support mechanism to to trust to push them on to keep doing the hard things when they're not seeing immediate results which they've been programmed and conditioned to see this weekly scale weight moving and you may have seen the diagram of the whoosh effect with the have you seen that so i can just 
I've drawn several of them. I don't know of one specific one. I've seen one, but basically it shows like a fat cell, right? A, a schematic of a fat cell and it's full of fat. And fat cells don't disappear. They just get smaller or lose the fat within them. And as they, as the fat empties, in certain situations, it might be replaced by water. So yeah. even though you're consistently losing fat over the four weeks, the weight is the same because of this water. And then one day... All of a sudden, the water disappears. You get this whoosh, you get four weeks of fat loss in one week. You didn't suddenly lose two kilos of fat. The whoosh happened. I don't know if this is science. I don't know if this is evidence. But by showing a picture of this, people understand. They're suddenly like, okay, I can see this happening. I know I'm still losing fat because I'm doing the things. I feel good. And then they stick to it. Diagrams work. Yeah. Uh, that's a great visual to have in mind. Now, back to this person who is really struggling. At what point do they say they need to take a step back versus they need to increase the accountability uh, slash gut through things more? Increasing accountability could be getting a gym partner, hiring someone at a gym in person who's uh, counting on them to be there, using a meal prep service, perhaps hiring a, an online coach like ourselves versus, all right, this is a rough situation. I'm going to taper things back, train when I want to train and just not be a shithead with my dietary choices, but at the same time, not worry too much about the minutiae as I was before. Yeah, so I would say no one can ever totally neglect or give up with their health. No one can ever say, I'm too stressed to deal with this. You, you just can't. But it's a spectrum. It's a sliding scale. And at one end, it's I'm going to take a five-minute walk after I eat. I'm not going to eat like a 12-year-old. Maybe I'm going to reduce how much wine I drink in the evening. Some like tiny little habits that are just incremental shifts in the right direction. No, you're not going to lose weight with that. But it's still health. You're still doing something. And then you can ramp that up. And honestly, I would ramp that up to the max before giving up, before saying, oh, I'm too stressed. I couldn't possibly succeed because you'll always be too stressed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where we're saying lack of sleep and stress can cause this to be an issue, don't use, everyone is somewhat suboptimally slept and somewhat stressed. So you need to try it. And actually, again, going philosophical, stress is perception. Like everyone experiences stresses, it's how we perceive them that actually makes the difference. Some people could be serving coffee in Starbucks and getting stressed because four people order at once. And some people could be fighting forest fires and be totally cool because it's their job and their life. So stress is a matter of perspective. So don't... Yeah, re relative. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So don't automatically rule out the ability to succeed just because you're a bit stressed. Try. Do everything you can. And then we get to the point where you might say, you're never going to neglect health, but you might say, okay, now isn't the time to double down on fat loss. Two things I want to say. You say you're never going to neglect health, but I have been in a situation where I have neglected my health and I haven't given a shit. And I haven't given a shit about a lot of things. I was just in a bad place. And that was through watching someone die of cancer. And I just felt utterly helpless at that time. And I was just like, what is the fucking point of me going to the gym today? Why am I bothering to, what am I doing here? Let's just eat a nice delicious meal with this person. And, and it 
you can neglect it. And I know this, I just wanted to bring this up. You, you can neglect it, and I understand that you can neglect it. However, what where I came to was, I got to a point where I wasn't looking after myself. Like I didn't shave for ages. Like my beard, and I look it back at some photos from... I don't know, five, six, whatever years ago. And my beard is absolutely horrendous. It's, it's bad now, but it was just all over the place. Totally unkempt. And I was fat, relatively, and weak, relatively. I, I say relatively, right? And I got to a point where I had to start looking after myself if I was going to be able to look after the other person. I had to. And you don't, you have to look after yourself if you're going to be able to take care of what you need to take care of in your life. You have to look after your health. So don't let it get to that point. If you do find yourself in that situation, try to dig really fucking deep. Excuse my French. I'm sorry, mum, if you're listening. There is a significant difference there between a short-term severe insult to the system. That That's that sounds like depression and appropriately so given the circumstances what i think we're potentially talking about here is if this has been going on for the last 10 years because mm. of work and whatever else potentially in keith's case i don't know the history but if he's been like this for a long time and certainly in if someone came to you andy with what you described you would say hey now look now isn't a good time to lose fat i can definitely coach you and support you and give accountability to maybe walking every day but like going on a 20 kilo fat loss spree it's not the time maybe you should seek counseling therapy at the very least as an adjunct if not as the core focus did you say you had two things yeah, the, the, sorry, the point there I was, I was really wanting to make was like, I felt like I, what's the point? But actually what I learned was the point is, unless I look after myself, I can't yeah. be there. The other thing, no, it's totally gone from my mind. Let's catch so back up. We let's would- catch up with that. But with, so I, I've got a very, a good example of this. What I mentioned was about mm. seeking help, counseling or therapy. So I had a client who, has in his 50s worked very hard his whole life we did a fat loss phase together we've been working together for a number of years he initially lost 20 kilos incredible he still had another at least 15 to go and then for whatever reason gained five or ten and then we just cruised there for probably 12 months and all of our calls were amazing they were great but nothing would happen nothing would work and eventually i just said hey man Look about calorie deficits. We've talked about every tactic and manageable to exercise and to do whatever else. And he was exercising now, which was great. You're not losing body fat. There's something beneath this that we need to address and consider. And I'm not qualified to do that. Just to add here, sometimes when people say they're in a deficit and they're not, they're just lying. And sometimes not consciously lying, they're just underreporting. They're subconsciously they're underreporting. But that's an, as sure. an aside. And I said to, and this wasn't the case here. It'd been so long, he just wasn't sticking to it. And I said, hey man, look, there's something underlying here, and perhaps you should see a therapist and deal with what is underlying. And that's what he's been doing for the last six months. And I put him on hold. I said, look, we've got four months left. There's no point in talking to me speak to these guys. I referred him to, to two people and jump on a call with me whenever you want. It's a check-in about health, but you need to figure this stuff out 
before applying physiological tactics is going to make a difference. Mm. And here's an interesting and novel idea that I've been pondering on. If you figure out the back end, if you figure out and focus on your mental health and your sleep and your lifestyle, I think, I theorize, I hypothesize that you would be in an optimal shape without trying. Because when there's no baggage, when you're sleeping, you want to move, you want to exercise, you want to go outside, you don't want to overeat, you're not trying to smooth over any emotional cracks or bullshit, you're not using excessive alcohol. So actually, if you figured out the mental side, is this crazy? I don't know. Uh that there is something to it but there are obviously like large environmental factors that are going to be at play if you have a friend wife whatever who loves baking you've got delicious <laughs> shit just in your orbit constantly then hey that's going to be a tough one um but i get you this also flows in with my what i've observed with clients who train early in the morning they seem to do better and i think that's because when their first action of the day is to take care of a big piece of the business that they know they need to, that sets them up in a positive mental state to make the right choices the rest of the day so that when they're given opportunities to break their diet, to go off plan, I think it gives them more willpower to resist. I don't know if there's any literature on that, but it's just kind of something that I've observed. And it, it makes sense to me. Maybe this is just a nice story that I'm telling myself. But it, yeah. I've observed similar. If people start on the right foot, whether that is morning exercise or actually any good habit, then it sets them up for the day. I, yeah, there's, again, anecdotally, the mo put the most important thing in the day first so that you actually get it done and then by simply by defining that as the most important thing you're 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 putting it in the right place in the in its in your value hierarchy and this is a huge issue people think health is some little thing that they need to address at some point it's like no no health is a major life domain and it should be number one just because it hasn't been for the last 20 years it doesn't matter it actually needs to be at number one and over the process of coaching we need to move it to number one one because it underpins everything else and two because it allows you to then give back it allows you to help people around you it allows you to do everything else yeah i remembered my point from earlier may i please so we were talking about d digging in and willpower and getting stuff done the one kind of tactic i use is i read books of like survival stories whether that be war stories or just other like adventure crazy feats medal of honor citations i love going into wikipedia and just reading them <laughs> i just think it's absolutely brilliant uh, because you just realize wow these are some real tough bastards it puts anything that i'm going through into perspective and for me personally i find it very helpful now, I'm setting myself up there purposefully an extreme contrast so that I get to call myself like a wimp if I back out when I know I don't want to do something. But actually, I can. It's just I'm, I'm being I'm being a wimp here. 
And so then I'm like, wow, what would Nims do, right? In that photo over my shoulder, the guy who climbed the 14 peaks in seven months, six months, six days. What would Nims do? That's one of the things uh, uh, I use anyway. Uh, Do you have anything like that? I do the the analogy of how to how people perceive stress and that kind of allows me to as you say give perspective to oh life is so hard everything is difficult and then it's relatively speaking everything's absolutely fine and i'm just making a mountain out of a molehill so yeah not so specifically as you but it's definitely an under an underlying theme and there's books about how as a population would relatively soft i think there's one the comfort crisis and basically we're in the longest period of peace and prosperity that the human race has ever experienced and we're still finding things to to make into problems and we're not going to go down that path now because that's a whole three-hour podcast which is going to get us cancelled but yeah (laughs) yeah i think the only thing i personally have to be careful of is that when i read these books it's fine if it helps me but if i then put that value set on people who are complaining about something like friends in my orbit. I'm not talking about professionally here, but then I've got all this extreme background in there. I just, sometimes I'm just like, the fuck are you complaining about, man? Are you in a concentration camp in Auschwitz? Let's say I just finished like a Victor Frankl's Man Search for Meaning. No. So stop complaining about work. Are you like, right? Are you like in the death zone on Everest and you come across a, a, a Chinese tracker who's been left by his two guides for dead? And now you're put in a decision where do you give like the rest of your remaining oxygen and help the guy carry the guy down risking your life or not? No. So why are you right saying that you yeah. can't? Yeah, it's. It can also give you a bit of baggage as well. <laughs> so I but, have to ca- I have to catch myself sometimes. <laughs> I hear you, but recommending Viktor Frankl's book is a nice, relatively concise way of delivering that to people. They don't need to then read hundreds of books about wars and mountains. Like that book, I think it just hits it hard. Very hard. Yeah. 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 Anything else on this topic? No, I think we're good. So to summarize, if you are very sleep deprived and stressed, yes, try. But if you're trying your best in the current situation and are still failing weeks on weeks on end, perhaps consider adjusting the goals while you consolidate your back end slash headspace. Know that there's nothing physiologically that is going to stop you from continuing to lose fat, though the lack of appearance of fat loss does seem to be a real thing that people consistently experience. So know that if you are still trying your best, but you have weight plateaus, if your energy intake and your energy expenditure, your food intake is the same, your step count has remained the same, you're still going to the gym, then any sudden plateau in weight is likely just water retention. You don't need to do anything special. You just need to wait. That can be really hard, but Hundreds of people have been there before. So you are absolutely not alone in that. Take comfort in that. And shoot me an email, andy at ripbody.com, when you when you bust through that plateau because you're going to think, ah, Andy told me this would happen. I love to hear those stories. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up there. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the pod, email it to podcast at ripbody.com. 
And if you haven't joined the email list yet, make sure you go to ribbo.com and enter your email address. You'll get my free nutrition setup guide along with a seven-day email course guiding you through the most common mistakes that people make. Around 80,000 or so people have downloaded it in the five, six years that I've had it. It's on its third edition, so you're being good company. All right, until next time then. Peace.